0: Hi, my name is Ali Sternberg. Welcome back to Crossing Paths, a podcast coming to you from Madrid, Spain, which is where I moved to in February from New York City, along with my wife and our mini poodle. We're here because my wife is attending culinary school, and this podcast is an opportunity for me to do something that I really enjoy, which is meeting other people from all walks of life who are also living away from home, away from their culture, away from their norms, In this episode, number eight, I cross paths with author Sean Levine. You'll hear about his life growing up in South Africa and Israel, publishing novels in the UK, how he decided after 22 years to move out of the grey of London to the heat of Madrid just two years ago. We talk about his books, his writing style, his form of fiction, his new ventures of online workshops and something he calls writing maps that allow him to work from anywhere. We also discussed being Jewish in Spain and some of the weirdness we've both encountered with nationalism and fascism that still somewhat exists here via the Vox Political Party. As always, I hope you enjoy. I have a lot of questions for you. I feel like there's a lot of things we can talk about. uh, But just just to start us off, tell tell us where you were from originally. I'm originally from South Africa. Uh, Where in South Africa? Port Elizabeth. Elizabeth, And for those of us who have no idea of the geography of South Africa,
1: where would we might find that? It's by the sea. Okay. That's why it's the port. That makes sense. And it is kind of between Cape Town and Durban. So it's about, I don't know, 15 hours drive from Cape Town. Okay. <laughs> and that gives me a little bit of perspective. <laughs> and you, how long did you live there for? So I grew up there. My parents were born there. My grandparents were born there and uh, we left when I was 15 and immigrated to Israel. Was there a particular reason? I think it was a combination of reasons. It was the the political situation was quite bad back then Uh in 78 when we left. It was was just after Steve Biko had been murdered. And there was kind of no signs that things were gonna get better. And I think my parents might have worried that we'd have to go into the army and you know, uh-huh. that kind of stuff and just the racism and apartheid and whatever hmm. South Africa and my father had always wanted to go to Israel kind of a Zionism idealism it was a dream it was kind of a dream although he'd never been okay so he took just a big a big leap so he took a big leap I think they went on like a reconnaissance hmm. about a couple of years before yeah I think after they'd been out of South Africa my father was like we're getting out of here and literally within a few months we'd gone wow and so moved to Oh, we allowed to
0: swear we can swear oh totally we can swear as much as yeah we can absolutely swear <laughs> why was it a swear worthy experience for you
1: I'm very sweary okay swear away please <laughs> swear away no and then so we kind of moved to the middle of the fucking desert
0: yeah yeah how, was By that? the sea, though. By the sea. So at least you're maintaining the, the sea aspect the of your sea, life. The sea,
1: the sea aspect. Is that something that's important to you? It's something that's very important to me. And what's interesting is that I, I landed up in London after uh-huh. Israel, and then I landed up in, in Madrid. Right. And both places are... Not sea. N- not sea places. No, not at <laughs> all. They're not beach destinations. No. So you're in the middle of the fucking desert, <laughs> and you're 15 years old. 15 years old. Yeah imagine i spent a lot of time on the beach we all did uh-huh. i mean my students and we went we went completely crazy like after what do you mean? after the kind of regimented english schooling of of south africa you know uniforms and yes sir no sir yes miss no miss being caned you know all the kind of joys of english uh, <laughs> what the english have been spreading around the world for generations um we we went wild. Like you called teachers by their first name. There was no such thing as school uniform. There were no real consequences when you didn't go to school. So you were suddenly, uh, you were right. suddenly
0: like, wow! Look at all this freedom that I yeah. have here. I could really do whatever I want. Yeah. So we all like started smoking. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like, ditch the uniform, grab the cigarettes, go to the beach. Yeah, and let the hormones go.
1: Yeah. Out of control Go crazy Yeah And so you, went to high, you stayed for high school in Israel So I did the first year and a half of high school in, in South Africa And then I did kind of the whole of high school again in Israel So I finished high school when I was like 20 Yeah <laughs> uh,
0: and, and on the meantime you're going, you're, you're going a little bit wild Did you have to do the, the
1: typical uh, Israel army stuff? Yeah, so I did three years in the army and then I went to university and then in 90, around about 97, so after about 17 years in Israel, I moved to London. I think I just published my first story in English and was like, okay, I need to be back in my language. It was kind of a few factors, so I really wanted to get out of Israel, politics and know, I mean, just kind of the violence that trickles down to to everything, really. Mm. The aggression, and it's hot. Uh-huh. It is so fucking hot. Yeah. Do you know Israel? I've never been to Israel.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I I can imagine it's very hot. <clears throat> no, you can't. No, <laughs> is it like Madrid at it's twelve like p.m. Yeah, on a on a summer day?
1: Hundred plus plus a hundred percent humidity. Oh uh, yeah. No, that's worse. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's way worse. I mean, the thing is, what surprised me about Madrid is that the first time I came here, it was in the middle of the summer. It was 40 degrees. And I was kind of ecstatic. It was like, that's it. I've I've come home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the heat I've been waiting for 22 years in London for. Right. And it was crazy. I mean, everyone's like walking in the shade, and there's me. you yeah, just in, in the, the sun, in the blistering but, heat. Yeah, it's like... Bring it on. <laughs> so, um, and then I wanted to get back into English. I thought if I'm gonna take this writing, right? If I'm gonna, you know, if I'm going to be a writer, then I want to be fed by the language. Uh-huh.
0: So you are a writer, and you began. I'm saying that to to the to the microphone uh, uh, and the people listening. You're a writer, and you started publishing though in Israel.
1: Yeah, I started publishing in Israel and I started publishing in Hebrew. So I was Uh a journalist for Haaretz magazine, which is kind of a left-wing daily and kind of the guardian of, Uh kind of the equivalent of the guardian more or less. And I wrote there and um, also for another socialist newspaper that closed down a good few years ago. Left-leaning periodicals. Yeah. Yeah. And then I started publishing stories Mm. and and then at some point I just thought I I I wanna write in English. And I went back to writing in English or started writing English and it was like again this kind of sense of coming home again. Mm. And I'd always I'd visited London almost every year for for a good few years since high school. And for for what reason? Just to kind of be in English, uh, uh-huh. you know, um, because most of my life in Israel was in Hebrew. Uh-huh. You know, people, relationships, um, just your whole world. Just my whole kind of yeah. I mean, I did study at uh, in the English department at Tel Aviv University, so that was kind of in English. Uh-huh. So yeah, you th- you threw yourself back into it
0: uh, in London, kind of yeah, and you ended up you stayed there for for. 22 years. 22 years. And you published... Look, I haven't had the chance to read any of your works, but I did see, see that there are a lot of them. <laughs> I see that there are a, an enormous amount of them. Enormous amount? I would say, wait, not say, maybe not enormous, but <coughs> at least a good uh, seven to eight to nine.
1: It's probably maybe six or seven in English, and then some of them have been translated into French. Why, why, the friend, why the because? French? Yeah. Um. Because someone chanced upon my work and liked it, and he's been kind of translating and championing my work and finding publishers, and that's pretty cool. So that's been it's been very cool. Yeah. yeah. I noticed, and again, having, having have not
0: having read any of them, but reading some synopses, uh-huh. I noticed there are characters. Uh, from South Africa characters from Israel you have uh, there's one novel that, that takes place in London are I imagine the works of fiction but are there any parts of your life that are woven in there? All of my life. All of your life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had a feeling I had to ask it in a particular <laughs> way to, to not
1: reveal. Yeah. I mean they are works of fiction but <clears throat> but they're also very close to to not being fiction. So they kind of, which the French love, which is kind of auto-fiction. It's like using your story and giving yourself a license to twist it whenever you want to. Or, mm. or reshape it. or um, So it's kind of like trusting the story as a writer rather than sticking to the facts. Sure. Like with any work of fiction, you start telling a story and you just yeah follow it. And sometimes when you're telling your own story on paper, it goes off in different directions. Right. So, yeah. What's your, what's your writing process? changes with every book. For the last 10 years or so, up until about five, three, four years ago, I was writing about painters. Uh-huh. So these three Jewish, British painters um, from the 19, were born in 1890. So a lot of it was about, <coughs> kind of based on research, Going to the places they spend time in, um, speaking to people who knew them, mm. and then kind of fictionalizing it. Right. And so kind of what I'd been using with my own story, I used with their stories. So I kind of gave myself license to just... Run with it. Run with it. Mm. Yeah. So you were in
0: London for 20 years. Why Madrid after that?
1: Mm. How did that change come about? The change happened when... The first time I came here was... With a friend from Israel who... We kind of said, let's go somewhere where neither of us have been. Uh And just meet up and hang out. And he'd never been to Madrid, and I'd never been to Madrid. We'd both been to Barcelona. Mm -hmm. And... I got here and it was forty degrees. Yeah, and you and you felt like home. And it was like, oh yes, yeah, I can just move here. Uh huh. That was before. It was just before the apocalypse of Brexit, which looks like it's not going to happen, but the apocalypse has happened already. Right. <laughs> so whether it happens or not, the, the, the damage, damage has totally been done. Mm. Yeah. So you felt that it, maybe it was time to. To enjoy the heat, try something new. And also uh, the over the past few years most of my work has become online. Uh huh. So it doesn't really matter where I am. And I was tired of London. Twenty two years in the grey, miserable It was time. It was time. Don't want to say bad things about the English. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fine. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Well, hey, you can we,
0: edit it out. We'll, I can edit it out. We'll wait until I turn this microphone off. That's, that's, not, that's not a We're big deal. But 22
1: years amongst the English, enough.
0: And you've been in Now in Madrid for, for two years. Yeah, two years and a bit. And a lot of your work is <laughs> online. So I know we've talked about you being an author, but I also have seen things. Uh, you have some online courses. You have mm-hmm. something called writing maps, mm-hmm. which I don't totally understand what those are. I'd love to hear more
1: about what those are. Well, I brought you some. Oh, that's so nice of you. So yeah. Um they're they're very noisy. Uh-huh. So you can edit out the noise. Sure, yeah, I'll edit out the noise. Um I can just show you what they're. Please, yeah. They're maps basically with um. So I bought you two in English and two in, in Spanish. Oh, that's very nice of you. Because I I've, I've just started having them translated into Spanish. Oh, that's so cool. So they're basically maps with um, create a writing prompt for people who want to write. Oh, that's so interesting. So instead of like having a kind of how-to guide, uh-huh. it's basically like having a little writing workshop that you can carry around with you. Oh, that's so cool.
0: And yeah, for those of you, obviously, who, who are not here in the room with us, it's like the size of a small card mm-hmm. and there's a lot packed in. And it opens out like a map. It opens out like a map. <laughs> and there's all different themes here and it's prompts for for writers yeah how did you come
1: up with this so i've been teaching writing already for about 12 15 years and my thing was taking people around the city and writing in public spaces so writing in art galleries in libraries in cafes on boats um at the zoo in parks and I've always loved maps, artistic, personal maps, so it was just really an idea one day to just combine everything. I love it. So, thank you.
0: I think these are really cool. I'll, I'll, I'm going to post photos of, of the maps on the Instagram so people, people can see it. Oh. I won't open it now because it will t- I'm not great at opening things, so it'll take me far too long to open it, but after we turn this <laughs> mic up, I'm going to check out some,
1: some of these maps. So you, so, you sell these on your website? So I sell them on my website and in different stores around around the world, basically. Oh wow. sell them around the world. Around the world. Around the world. <laughs> That's so cool. mainly in the states and in the UK.
0: Okay. Yeah. Those part. Of, those are major parts of the world. Yeah. And you do? Do you do your uh, workshops, your classes, your teaching in person, or are they online? Or? So now I do them all online.
1: And people. So you, is it like a live event, or is it? No, I people sign up and then I post like exercises and prompts whether it's you know weekly or every day. A new course is starting now, tomorrow, which is thirty days of writing, so I post something every day and people post their work to to the course website. Uh-huh. And we give feedback. I give feedback, other people respond and basically people work towards writing a book in a month. In a month. That's wow. this particular course. Uh-huh. Yeah, you have many, I imagine. So <clears throat> I have many up my sleeve, mm. and many that I run, but usually just one at a time. Uh-huh. So that's good fun. Yeah, and you do it.
0: You do it all from the from your home. I do it all from my living room. That's very nice. Do you enjoy that
1: that lifestyle, that work style? It works for me because I think after at least twenty years of teaching workshops and face to face. Um, I wanted to focus more on my own work and this kind of gives me the freedom to, to really do it whenever you know. I'll post the prompts and exercises at the same time every day but basically the rest of the day I can do You know, if I want to read people's work at 3 in the morning I can do that and so it gives me freedom you can really make your own, your own schedule yeah. how have you enjoyed
0: Madrid so far over the last two years what's the, what's, how has it been to adapt besides the weather from London being better and perhaps a break from the British uh,
1: what's it what's it been like for you Um, it's been it's been lots of amazing things it's a beautiful city and I love walking and it's a city that just kind of invites you to walk Um, I used to cycle everywhere in London and even now when I visit London I cycle everywhere and I decided when I moved here I'm not gonna just recreate my London life. So I don't mm. cycle at all in Madrid. I like I just that. walk
0: everywhere. I like that's important. I think it it's not right, it's not just London
1: uh South. Yeah. But it's here. it's a it's a new thing. It's <laughs> it's totally and the thing is, it's it's so not London. Yeah. You know, there's no, there's no way you think, oh, this really reminds me of London or that never happens. And I think
0: yeah, it is a great walking city. You can get anywhere. Really, if you're in the center, you get anywhere within 20 to 30
1: minutes yeah. walking, which is nice. And I live outside the center. Where do you live? Now, in Marques de Vadi. So I live the other side of the river. Yeah. But you're still walking. And I still walk. I mean, yeah. it's just, I am I live very close to that, you know, the big windy bridge. Yeah. So I just cross the bridge and and, you're, and, you're, and, and there walk you up are. The hill.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's very cool. And that's yeah. uh, Madrid overall. I think is it is a, it's a beautiful city to to be able to do that in, and the weather is it allows you to be able to do that. Yeah. How do you feel about the Spaniards? <laughs> <laughs> all of them? Uh, yeah, we can't generalize on all of them. <laughs> What's your experience? A bit like living here, and it's it's a it's a different obviously every culture is different every country is different but I feel like Spain is very uh,
1: particular it's not such a shock after you lived in Israel for a long time Mm. so there are a lot of it's interesting because a lot of Israeli culture prepared me for the Spanish and and Hebrew prepared me for Spanish how so how so for both of those things well, a lot, of the, a lot of the sentence structures are similar to what they are in Hebrew. So uh-huh. Hebrew and Spanish have similarities in terms of just how sentences are structured and how you can say things. And in terms of the culture, it's just the way people interact. Um, people are much more direct. People, yeah. There's no subtext to things. There's no, there's no okay. sense of a constant... Constant, constantly having to interpret what people are saying, you know. <laughs> yeah, they don't leave it to be
0: vague. They're very, very. If they're not happy with you, you know it. If they're happy with you, you know
1: it. Yeah, vagueness not.
0: There's no, you know, it's not vague. There's no room for. There's no subtlety. There's no
1: no, and it's it's refreshing.
0: Yeah, it can, it, can, it can be nice and it also can be a,
1: a, a shock. Brutal. I think it can be a brutal shock sometimes. Like, <laughs> I can't believe this person is just... <laughs> I mean, the thing is that my Spanish isn't great at all. Um, so I can't really have much conversations mm. in Spanish. But I've had good interactions with people. You know, even just... I have to go to the post office a lot. Yeah. You know, You're sending a lot of things I'm out. sending things out. <laughs> so I go to the post office pretty much every day, like four times a week. And people are just nice. Yeah, you know, um, and you don't really get that so much in in London. That kind of casual niceness.
0: How do you feel about and this? Might be a weird question. I think about this a little bit. It's it's strange for me sometimes to go to be uh, Jewish in Spain. Not that there's any current weirdness. Totally I think. Weird. But oh, I've had I've had I've had weirdness. Oh yeah. Yeah. What's what's your what's the weirdness? If you are are comfortable speaking about it. Oh, I I love
1: oversharing. Mm. <laughs> Overshare, please. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting coming to a place where there's no Jewish presence. Hmm. There's no visible Jewish presence. Yeah. Um, which is I feel like it's. I don't want to say it's rare for everywhere in the world, but I think it's.
0: The the no even little bit of visibility is is strange.
1: No, I think I mean it, I think in the two and a half years that are two and a bit years that I've been here, I don't think I've seen. I might have seen one guy with a yamaka. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a vague memory, but it might have been in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. That it's kind of merged. Anyway. Um, But it was interesting Then going to Toledo Hmm. and seeing the Jewish past and how, I I, I mean, yeah. It
0: was here. It just was 400 years ago, 500 years ago. But now it's really nothing. I even looked up, like, if there is a synagogue in Madrid, not that I'm in any way really religious, and I go maybe twice a year. Hmm. But I was like, there's got to be at least... A synagogue here, mm. and I couldn't didn't find anything that wasn't a very uh, it was like one very orthodox place. Yeah. I said, "Oh, that probably makes sense."
1: And there's no even you know Chabad uh, presence that 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 are trying that's trying yeah. to convert people right. even. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like we're not even. I know we're not even really, even worrying bothering about Madrid.
0: No, it's like we it's a, it's a it's an area that we're not gonna we're not gonna try.
1: Yeah, it's like. We're not slapping out to Philly the way oh, Madrid <laughs> No one's going to lay yeah. to Philly No Anyway So um, It's interesting being a Jew here And it's interesting kind of meeting people Who have, who, who've like never I mean, it happened in England as well But people who have like never met Jews And have no No idea about Besides what they've read I don't know, in the Bible Uh-huh You know Right So um, that's interesting, but I think that's also because Spain has been closed for so many years,
0: yeah, I feel like
1: it's it's got this battle of
0: tradition and modernity that happens yeah uh like on the uh, this weekend, there was a big we were out on, on this on the streets in this area, my wife and i and, and there were all these people in with Spanish flags wrapped around there uh wrapped around them like capes. And we're like, oh, maybe Mm -hmm. it's just another patriotic day, one of the many, many patriotic days, Uh, or a saint's day or something. A lot of festivals going on here, a lot of celebrations. And I found out, we found out afterwards that it was a Vox march. And Vox is, for people who don't know, is this very right-wing nationalist uh, political party. And I couldn't believe how many people there were just in the streets going to this box event, I thought, my general idea was, like, that's a thing of the past and that's not a thing that happens here, but uh, very,
1: very wrong about that, especially with all the, the like, Catalan and, and Basque. Well, I was coming home, like, a couple of weeks ago, two, three weeks ago, and I was walking from Malasaña, kind of, back back home, and I was passing uh, near Plaza de Sol. Mm-hmm. On just kind of crossing Calle Arenal that kind of you know leads up. So and there was this march happening and people were like waiting. There was like this really loud chanting happening and there was march of people coming down the coming down the road and it's a pedestrianized street. Yeah. <clears throat> no. It was Yeah, Nazi salutes. Full on, full on fascist salutes. Oh my god! There must have been about two hundred, mainly men. There were a few women as well. um, In all in black. Yeah. With black balaclavas, black kind of bandanas, you know, crossing, uh, hiding their faces, and about five or six police people behind them, kind of just slowly walking behind them, and it was like full on Nazi salutes. Yeah. And I was like, wow,
0: that's, 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 that's some scary. That's very hardcore. Yeah, I mean, I, my understanding was that kind of post-Franco, everyone just kind of swept swept things under
1: the rug, but I guess the, the things are piling up under, that's under what the happens rug. when you sweep things under the rug. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was a whole, I don't know enough about no, I don't Spanish know enough. yeah. But there was a whole kind of pact of forget where you kind of don't talk about it and things are coming, things are coming up.
0: yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit worrisome um, just to see things like that, although it happens in a lot of countries, unfortunately. But it's weird to see in that area of, of Madrid as well because that's a more liberal student neighborhood, like a Malasana or Chueca, which I, I mentioned think that- are nearby. It's a very gay-friendly city as well, mm-hmm. uh, from what I can tell, from uh, from uh, from what I've seen. The the pride parade is one of the biggest ones around, mm-hmm. I guess, Europe, the world, maybe. Uh, and it, but then your average Madrileño you you go, this is a very traditional, old-school yeah. way of thinking. It's surprising to me that there's
1: there's both of these sides. And it's interesting because it is it's a very queer city, and you see a lot of. Um, Couples like same same-sex couples, like queer couples, mm-hmm. which I've never seen in any other city in Europe. Like mm. you see people holding hands, you see people kissing. It's it feels very open. Uh huh. And then you do have the other side. You do walk home one day and yeah, people are Nazi saluting all over. The yeah. Place. Are you writing an another
0: novel? Is, is there anything that's going to come from? Madrid. your new surrounding of Madrid yeah
1: um, I've written some stuff it's still still quite early but we'll see yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I still I still haven't found a quiet place and I need quiet Madrid is so fucking noisy <laughs> it is so noisy I've never and it's so interesting like on the Facebook forums and you know yeah foreigners in Madrid everyone talks about it and actually, even Spanish people who I talk to talk about it. And it drives them crazy as well. Like, yeah. everyone has little dogs. Yeah. I, I know you have yeah. a little dog. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 so I don't want to um, kill the vibe. No, it's all right. <laughs> but little yapping dogs are a big thing in Spain. Yeah. Which I've never I've never encountered. Yeah. Know. There, there are. And there's a lot of... It's just noisy.
0: Yeah. I mean... A big thing, it's so funny, is that you can't live next to uh, one of those recycling bins because people just throw,
1: <laughs> throw glass out. You do. I, I, I can whip out my phone and play your recordings. Oh, no. I lived, so this is, so imagine a street in uh, Lava Yeah. a fairly narrow street. I'm on the ground floor. Oof. The recycling bin is literally six meters away. Yeah. Now, when you're in France, for example, in Paris, there's a little sign on each bottle recycling bin that says, um, you know, with, with respect to the neighbors and consideration for the neighbors, please don't recycle your bottles between, ah. you know, after 10 o'clock. Right. Here it's like, Here it's like, if you could please recycle at 3 in the morning, <laughs> we'd prefer that.
0: <laughs> and they do. And they do, yeah. It is. I mean... It's so loud. You, it, It's so loud. And it's not just like one bottle. It's like no, 15
1: no. bottles Let's over the last two weeks. weeks. Let's... Yeah. I was stuck in this apartment for a year. I mean, I loved the apartment. And I loved the area. And it was just fantastic. But the noise... The thing is, I never move. I live... <laughs> in in London, I was there 22 years. I stayed. I lived in two places. I see. You're a... Uh a nester, a settler. I need a nest, and I need quiet to, to write and to do my work. Yeah. And I moved into a, an internal place, and just below me were three dogs. <laughs> those little yapping... The yappers. Yeah. I don't know what
0: they're called. Like chihuahuas. Or a little bit bigger than just those chihuahuas. No, now I have a chihuahua. Oh, you have a chihuahua? No, no. Oh, you have a chihuahua <laughs> barking. I have a chihuahua tormenting my life. <laughs> Here's hoping you... You find some peace and quiet to continue your work. I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you talking to me and, and Thank you. sharing your life and sharing your maps. <laughs> this has been really fun. Hope,
1: hopefully, it hasn't put people off
0: Madrid. No, it's. Okay. We said it was a beautiful place I to did. live and a good place to walk around, <laughs> so I think we're all right. as always for listening we have our second to last episode of the season coming up in January it's a really fantastic one with Ryan Turner from Atlanta he's been in Europe since he was 22 and he's now 36 he's got a wife two kids a burgeoning business and has gone through quite a lot more in that time so keep an eye out for the new episode coming soon and we will see you next time